All right. Well, hey, good morning, Miles City. Great to see you here online with us. My name is Maya, and I'm the South Lion Location Pastor, and it is so, so good to see you. Hey, if you're new here, just want to let you know that we're just a bunch of people who are messed up, don't have it all together, striving to move towards God together. And that is our mission and vision here at Miles City is helping people move towards God. And so we are so excited that you are here moving with us towards God together. And just one thing I want to encourage you as you're watching and, and, and let you know that my hope and my prayer for you is this, is that uh, no matter what season you're in right now, whether it's a good one, maybe it's a really hard and difficult one, I just want to encourage you to keep moving, keep stepping, keep exploring, keep diving in, and keep moving towards God. Keep on that journey because something really good happens when you move towards God. He promises that when we move towards him, he will move towards us. And that seems like a really, really good thing to have someone that cares for us so much move towards us. And so just keep on that journey, keep exploring, keep moving towards God. So Christmas is officially over, right? It's the day after here. You're just sitting in your pajamas, drinking coffee. But it's over. It's over. I mean, the presents have been unwrapped. The carols have been sung. The food has been eaten. And the movies have been watched, right? How many movies did you watch? I watched a lot of Christmas movies. We love Christmas movies at my house. You know, did you watch It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas, Home Alone 1 and 2? Maybe 3. Three's not good. But we know that movies have been watched. And all the things that we tend to redecorate our lives with in this season are now, like these ornaments, being packed away. Until next time. That's what happens. We take all these important things that we redecorate our lives with this year and we just pack them away. And soon, before you even know it, it's like it never even happened. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we spend all this time putting it up, giving it the spotlight, but then we take it down in a heartbeat. I mean, and there's a lot of people that agree that it should come down in a heartbeat. In fact, 52 million Americans say the best time to take down your Christmas decorations are the day after Christmas. That's nuts. I mean, that is crazy. The day after Christmas, that seems so crazy and chaotic. When I think about that, Coming down the day after Christmas, here is what I picture. Yeah, just leave it up. What's it going to hurt? It's safer for you and better for your family just to leave the decorations up. Now, it's easy for me to say this because for me, this is my favorite time of the year. And I fight to keep our stuff up as long as Jess will let me. I mean, I just love sitting by the fire. I love the vibe. I love the warm glow of the lights on the trees and the fire. And I just turn off all the other lights in the house and I just sit there. And that's my time to just refocus and to just drink it all in. And I'll tell you, I haven't really changed that much from when I was a kid. I haven't. I mean, sure, I'm a little bigger. I'm definitely more bald. But my excitement for this season, my wife and my mom will tell you, gets me jacked up still. See, as a kid, once the tree was up, I slept under it every night. Not before the presence. I just liked the way it made me feel. It made me feel calm. That warm glow, that vibe. Yeah, it's good. You can sense it, right? That's what I did. I loved it. But, right, we all get older, and I get it. It's got to go away. It's got to go away. It's got to be packed up. Because we're on to the next things. The next season is here. But as I was prepping for this message, I started to think, why do we pack up all this stuff? 
Why do we pack up all this good stuff when the best redecorating time of the year is still yet to come? It's not at Christmas. It's New Year's. That's right. It's New Year's. You know, the new me, the redecorate, the new me time of year. It's New Year's. There's new resolutions. We just want to be a whole new us. This year is going to be different, right? We've been inspired. I'm motivated. I'm sure I am this time. So I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to do it. I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. But as quickly as that inspiration comes, that inspiration just as quickly leaves. We have some studies that show us that. Studies, in fact, show that only 8%, only 8% of Americans that make resolutions actually keep them. Isn't that shocking? 8%. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you and pretend that like I'm one of those 8% because I definitely have been inspired and said I'm going to do stuff and haven't done it. I mean, up in the office last year, we had a bet that I was going to make this, do the splits. And I was like, yeah, definitely going to do it. I lost that inspiration pretty quick when I tried to do it. So I'm not keeping all the resolutions. And so I know we're talking about packing away ornaments and making new resolutions for the new year. And trust me, we all feel like this new year is going to be different because of the last year and a half. It's been crazy. But right now we're going to shift our focus. See, there we're talking about resolutions. But isn't this similar to how we treat God's plan for our life and his purpose for our life? especially this time of year, right? We hear so many good truths. We hear about the Christmas story. You know, God sending his son to earth as a baby. His plan for us, how much he loves us. What he did for us. We get excited, we get jacked up, and then we turn around. We pack it up just like these ornaments. We put it in the basement until the next time. We just forget about it. The resolutions we were so excited to make to God and to have God change our lives quickly go away like we never actually were inspired or excited about anything. But what if that could change? What if we didn't have to pack it away? What if there's a way or a helper to help us keep those things out? Today we're wrapping up the series that we've been in, talking about the fruit of the spirits and the attitude of the spirits called redecorate. And so as we wrap up the series redecorate today, we're going to take a look at why we need a helper to truly be redecorated with the fruit of the Spirit and how with the power of that helper, those spirits, those fruit of the Spirit, those attitudes of the Spirit can stay unpacked and fruitful in our lives. That they don't have to stay in a box, but that they move with us and they can stay impactful in our lives forever. And so as we think and we're going to look into there, I just want you to ask yourself one question. What have you packed away that God is calling you to unpack? How is God calling you to redecorate? But before we dive into this, let me pray for us. God, thank you for your word. Um, Father, just bring it alive to us right now, Lord, as we go through it, as we look, as we explore um, the Holy Spirit, how you created to be a helper, Father. Father, soften our ears, soften our minds, Lord, our hearts. Lord, give me the words that you would have me to say, Father. And may you be glad about it, God. May I honor you, Lord. Thank you for everyone watching today, Lord. We thank you for who you are, what you do, Lord. Help us to take the love that we've experienced from you and to show that same love to other people. In your name we pray. Amen. So we've been looking at the fruit or attitudes of the Spirit. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at those fruit of the Spirits and the lives of the people of the Christmas story. And it's been so, so good. It's been so relatable, right? We've seen some of the fruit of the Spirits or the attitudes of the Spirits come alive in those characters. And then we've seen some of those characters not actually have any of those fruit of the Spirits. So it's been really interesting to look at and see. 
Um, and so as we talk about the fruit of the spirits and we relate to that and we, we reference back to that, we're in the book of Galatians talking about the fruit of the spirit here. And um, that's where we're going to be today. That's where we're going to wrap up the series in the book of Galatians in just over a couple verses. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, go ahead and open up to the book of Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be in chapter 5, verse 22 through 25. Now that's in the New Testament. It's in the second half of the Bible. Just a quick background about the book of Galatians, this letter to the people of Galatia. Paul was writing to Christ followers of Galatia, so people who believed in him. And he was writing to them to tell them there is freedom in Christ and not in this legalistic law, this old law that cannot save them. He wanted them to know that when we live in the power of trying to change things on our own instead of living in the freedom of Christ, that it is damaging to us and to others. And so let's read and remind ourselves of what the fruit or attitudes are. And then we're going to take a look at why we need the Holy Spirit to have those attitudes in our lives. And how maybe, just maybe, if we allow the Spirit to help, those resolutions this year those new goals that we make are going to look a little more like Jesus and less like us because of it. So go ahead and open to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be uh, verse 22 through 25, and this is what it says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to, this, to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So I just want to take a minute to tell you, like, as we were going through this and I was, as I was just writing this, I just wanted to title it Help. For some reason, as I was reading scriptures and, and, and reading commentaries, all I could keep thinking song was the Beatles song, Help. You know it, right? Help, I need somebody help. Not just anybody help. You know I need someone help. I can't hit that note. Obviously not a singer. <laughs> but see, the cool thing, it just seemed to make sense. It clicked. Help. God knew we would need a helper, but not just any helper. But he knew we needed someone. And he had that person in mind. He has the Holy Spirit. And he calls the Holy Spirit a helper. We're going to see that here. Let's, look at the, let's take a look at John uh, chapter 14, verse 26. And he says this, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. And bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. But the helper. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Spirit of Christ is our helper that God faithfully gives to us when we come into a relationship with him. So why do we need the help of the Holy Spirit to have this fruit that we've been talking about over the last weeks? How, why do we need the help of the Holy Spirit to have this fruit in our life? Now, I want you to prepare yourself for this answer because it was shocking to me and very, very theologically deep. And so I just want to give you time to get out a pen and a paper to write the answer. Why do we need the help of the Holy Spirit to have this fruit in our life? Are you ready? Because we do. I know, I, just, I really wanted to see if you got out a pen and paper, but I can't see it because you're at home doing it. But doesn't that feel like kind of a letdown when you hear just because we do, right? It feels like the answer our parents gave us when we were kids, when we asked the question, why? Because, why? Because, why? Because. But the good thing is we're not going to stop at because. Let's look at the first that we read in the beginning. There's two things we want to point out. And let's look, at, let's look at the first part here in Galatians 5, chapter 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Now we're not talking about lettuce and tomato, produce. 
Sorry, I just, whenever I say the word produce, I feel like I'm saying produce. But how the Holy Spirit produces the fruit in our lives. We're talking about generating, bringing into existence, making it happen. See, Christ points to the necessity of the Holy Spirit in the Scriptures and how we can't do anything without Him, how He produces it. Let's take a look at what Christ says here in John chapter 15, verse 5. It says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. See, Christ says we can't do it on our own. Apart from Him, we can't do it. It's impossible. It's unattainable on our own. Now, sure, we can try. And it may work for a little, or at least feel like it's working, but it actually won't work. If we try to get through this on our own work, it ends up being done in the flesh, which Paul says is death. Paul says if we try to do it on our own, it's being done in the flesh. And Paul says that is death. The Apostle Paul says it is death. So let's take a look at where he talks about that in Romans chapter 8, verse 13. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You'll live. See, if we allow the Holy Spirit to redecorate our lives and we don't try to get it on our own, which we can't get it on anyways, then we'll live. But if we try to take our own path, it's just death. It doesn't go anywhere. It stops. It doesn't produce a single thing. See, I was reminded that we don't produce anything good. I was reminded of the fact that we need the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit in us, the fruit of the Spirit. As I started reminiscing about my youth, you see, um, I started thinking about stories of my youth. I didn't grow up in a great area. Uh, I didn't make a lot of good decisions. Um, Bad decisions were very easily accessible. Um, And I started thinking about all the fights I got in. And I don't say that as a point of pride. It was just... Part of growing up where I did, lots of fights. And I just, I started to think about when people would call me a name. Even as I got older, you think I would have matured, but people would call me a name, push me around, and all of a sudden, you know, I'd claimed, I, I'd claimed to have this redecorating, uh, redecorating going on in my life by the, by, by the Spirit of God. But re, in reality, it didn't really kind of manifest itself in that way. See, someone would push me around or call me a name, and all of a sudden I got like, oh, yeah. I just can't wait. I hope he pushes me again because then it's game on. Game on. I'm just going to beat the snot out of this person. It's going to be great. And all of a sudden, gentleness, patience, kindness, self-control, all those things went out the window. See, on our own, we can't do this. We need the Holy Spirit to get the fruit of the Spirit. First, the Spirit, Holy Spirit that produces that fruit in our lives. So as you think about it, that it's only this Holy Spirit that can do that. Be honest for a minute and just take a look and ask yourself, what are you trying to produce right now that only the Holy Spirit can produce? What are you trying to produce in your own life that only the Holy Spirit can produce? As we move forward, let's continue to look at the passage in Galatians. So we see why we need the Holy Spirit. Next, we're going to see where do we need the help of the Holy Spirit in our life. Let's look at Galatians 5, 25 here. It says, we're living by the Spirit. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I'm just going to read that. It's a short one. It's a good one. Since we are living by the Spirit, since we are in tandem with the Spirit, since we've, since we've come into a right relation with Christ, Christ has given us Spirit. And so since we're living by the Spirit, 
Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Where do we need the help of the Holy Spirit? Everywhere. Now, some of you probably just went, crap. That doesn't sound fun. That sounds like a lot of work. I mean, I've got plans. I've made some goals, right? It's New Year's. I'm inspired. I have things that I want to do. Right? We thought about the resolutions we want to make, the awesome list of things that we've come up with that we want to do. We've come up with a plan. But see, here's what happens when we come up with our plans. When we try to redecorate ourselves. It takes, it takes everything. It takes the focus off of God. It takes the glory that we could give God and it takes it away and it becomes about our personal success. I'm going to feel awesome. People are going to see all that I'm accomplishing. Look, they're going to say, hey, how many, look how many check marks he's boxing off. Like he's totally going through his list. He's totally successful. And you know, for a minute, that may actually work, right? We want to do what we want to do. And so when we make our own plans. We don't want anybody to interfere, especially when it interferes with the plans that we have for our lives. And for a little bit, it feels good, right? Because we are, you know, checking those boxes. We are being successful in our goals. And for one minute, we can think, we can convince ourselves, right? We convince ourselves that we are hashtag blessed when we're really still a mess. See, it's easy when, we, when we're walking in our own goals, when we're walking in our own things that we want to accomplish to convince ourselves that things are going great and that we're hashtag blessed when we're really still a mess. You see, when we do it on our own, it becomes action instead of attitude. If you've been here for this whole series, you've heard what I'm about to say. But if you're new, this is your first time here, here it is. See, Barry reminded us that actions without attitude can lead to hypocrisy. Actions without attitude leads to hypocrisy. You see, as Barry mentioned in week one, we could put lights, bows, ornaments on a tree and have it look nice. Have it look like it's all good. It's a great tree. But on the inside, that tree can be totally dead. We can put on a suit and smile and say everything is good. When on the inside, we are completely broken people. We're completely broken down. See, when we just go on our own accord, it becomes an action without the attitude. And then we become hypocrites. When we try to keep the spirit out of every area and redecorate on our own lives, instead of having the spirit redecorate our lives, we end up focusing on what we're doing and never ask who we are becoming. See, when we take our own accord and when we try to keep the spirit out of every area of our life, like scripture tells us to, we end up focusing on what we're doing and never ask who we are becoming. We never ask, who is God calling me to be? Who is God calling you to be? Where are you not letting the Spirit lead? You see, if we're Christ followers, we live by the Spirit. And so we need, to let, we need to let the Spirit lead in every area of our lives. Where are you not letting the Spirit lead? Where am I not letting the Spirit lead in my life? I've asked myself that question lately because why would I not? If I'm, if I'm here and we're together and we're talking about this, why would I not ask myself that same question? And you know, I... I I haven't been letting the spirit lead in my life in a lot of areas. Lately, I feel like I've been unkind. That I've been impatient with my family, with my wife. That's never a good thing. That doesn't feel good. I feel like I've been so focused on my own goals that I haven't even been inviting God. And I haven't been asking God, what is it that you want me to do? I've just been doing. 
Where am I not letting the Spirit lead? Where are you not letting the Spirit lead? As we continue to talk about the Holy Spirit as a helper and how it's the Holy Spirit that can produce these attitudes in our life, the long-lasting attitude in our life, we've seen why we need the Holy Spirit in our life. We've looked at where we need the Holy Spirit in our life, which is everywhere. Now we're going to look at who needs the Holy Spirit. Now, like before, this is going to feel maybe like a kind of an answer that you weren't expecting to hear because you just would have assumed that it's not it. But who needs the Holy Spirit? The answer is everyone. Now, this is going to be kind of quick because there's not, I mean, we can talk so much about this, but the answer is simple. So why complicate it? Who needs the Holy Spirit? Everyone does. In fact, Romans 3.23 says this, for all have sinned and fallen short and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. We have all, we all fall short of the glory of God. It's why we need, it's why we needed the sacrifice of the Son of God. It's why we need the Holy Spirit because on our own and our flesh, it's no good. We don't produce anything good. As Paul said in the scriptures, we produce, our flesh produces death. Who needs the Holy Spirit? Everyone. Now to the Christ follower in the room, I want to talk to you for a minute. You see, if you've accepted Christ, if you, if you have that right relationship with Jesus, you know, you know, you can see what your life was like before. And now you can see what your life was like after. And you know that becoming, having a right relationship with Jesus, experience that love of Jesus, letting Jesus transform your mind. The Holy Spirit, you know what it's like. And so because we know what it's like, ask yourself this question. Who do you know that needs the Holy Spirit? Who in your life that you interact with every day? Who do you know that needs to know about the love of Jesus? Who do you know needs the Holy Spirit of Christ? See, I can picture my life before. I told you a little bit before. I was not good. On my own, I'm not good. I made a lot of wrong decisions. I hurt a lot of people. If you, if you could get a snapshot, which I'm so glad, like, Facebook wasn't around then. <laughs> if you get a snapshot of my life, it wasn't good. It definitely didn't represent Christ. You would not have said that that guy's being redecorated by the Holy Spirit. But see, Christ intersected my life 26 years ago. And the great thing about Christ is he never stops working on this. You see, I need a big chisel to chip all the crap off of me. But the beautiful thing is that Christ never stops. And so I can, I can picture my life, what it was like before, but I'm so thankful that I no longer have to live in that life because Christ had a different story for me, a redemption story that only happens not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And when I think of, now, when I think about people who need the Holy Spirit in my life, in their lives, when I think about the people who need Holy Spirit in our lives, I know we all do, but we need it just as bad as the next person. Christ follower now, when I think about the person who needs the Holy Spirit in their life, one person comes to mind. And it's my father-in-law. Whoa, that guy. Sure do love him. Big dude, 6'6". Six, six. Just a really nice guy. Doesn't have Jesus. And right now, I feel like it's more imperative than ever. I've been married to his daughter for the last almost 18 years. We've been together for 20. We've had lots of discussions about Jesus. 
But right now it seems really imperative because right now he's on the brink of not being around very much longer. He's probably got about six months. Uh, and he's got to make a decision whether he has a surgery or he doesn't. If he doesn't, then the doctors say three to six months. And I want my father-in-law to know the Holy Spirit of Jesus so bad. I want him to experience the love of Christ so bad. I want, him to, I want him to know what it's like to be loved by the creator of the universe. And I tell you that right now because there's people in our lives. You, act with, you interact with them every day. Don't let them go away. Don't let the time disappear without you telling them what you know, what you've experienced, which is the love of Jesus. You experience this fruitful life because of the Holy Spirit of Christ. Don't let that time slip away. Who needs the Holy Spirit? Everybody. Who in your life? that you interact with every day and needs to know about Christ and experience the Holy Spirit of Jesus. So we've seen why we need the Holy Spirit, where in our life we need the Holy Spirit, who needs the Holy Spirit. Now we come to how do we get the Holy Spirit? How do we get the Holy Spirit in our life? Well, that's good news. It's really good news, in fact. Wow, it's great news. We get the Holy Spirit because of a gift from God. It's nothing we can earn. We can't earn it. No amount of it doing anything can get that gift, but it's a free gift of God that he gives to us. See, John 3, 16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That whoever believes, see, he doesn't say whoever behaves, it's not stuff we can do. We can't earn it. No amount of being kind on our own or trying to be patient or trying to meet any goals. We can't earn that gift. It's the free gift of God. And he sent it for you and he sent it for me. He sent it through his one and only son. He sent his one and only son to earth to be the payment for our sin, our flesh that causes death. He sent his one and only son to be the payment for our sins so that we could have a right relationship with him. And that if we believe in him, we believe that he sent his one only son to die and that his son rose again and paid the price. If we believe in him, we can have everlasting life. If you're watching right now and you're like, okay, that's a lot of talk about the spirit. It seems like some good things. I'm still learning about this whole fruit stuff. But you've been wondering, you've been walking around and you've been noticing that you need a change, that you're tired of doing what you've always done. And you don't want to keep on that path, but you don't know how to change. I just want to let you know that today, right now, you can have the freedom that is found in Christ. You can get the free gift of God right now. You don't have to do anything. And the great thing is that it happens instantly. And so if you're sitting here and you know that you need a change, you know that you want that Holy Spirit, you want the fruit produced in life, then I just want you to... Um, repeat after me, have this conversation. There's nothing magical about these words. It's just having a conversation with Christ. And so if you're in that spot and you want that change, you want to have that life transformation that only God can give you. Would you guys bow your eyes, bow your heads, close your eyes and repeat after me. God, I know that I need you. I know that on my own, I can produce nothing good but that with your sacrifice of your son, God, that I can have eternal life and live forever with you in eternity. God, I lay down my pride right now. 
all of my things, all of my junk, I laid at your feet. Father, I believe that you sent your son to die for my sins and that three days later, he rose again. Father, I wanna have a right relationship with you today. Today is the day I wanna make a change. And so today, God, I put my faith in you. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to know that right now, there is so much celebration going on. So much celebration. It says there's a party going on in heaven for you. The scriptures tell us that. For the rest of us, as we continue to pray, God, for those of us who have put our, relationship, our, our faith in you, Lord, have, have come into a relationship with you, God. Father, help us not to play into our flesh, Father. Help us not to avoid um, your Holy Spirit in areas of our life, Lord. Let it lead in every area of our life, God. Father, help us to trust you fully, Lord, so that we can allow the Holy Spirit of you to redecorate our lives. And so we know that that can never go away, Lord, if we just lean into your spirit, Father, that you can redecorate our lives and that that can last forever. Father, let us to lean in you continuously. Let us love you more than we ever have. Let us never stop chasing you, Father. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for chasing us and for sending your son as a sacrifice that we could have life eternal with you. In your son's name we pray, amen. Well, if you made that decision, way to go. We wanna encourage you not to walk alone. See, it's gonna be really easy to make that decision and not tell anybody or walk away, but don't do it. We wanna walk on this new journey with you because life is better together. And so if you made that decision, I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to pull out your phone right now. And I just want you to text the word Mile City to 94,000 and follow the prompts. You'll see a, a prompt for faith move. Just click on that and follow the prompts from there. And what that's going to do is just allow us to get in contact with you, give you a call and start walking alongside of you in this new awesome journey of being with God. It is so cool. And we can't wait to walk with you. It is so fun. And so, hey, I'm so glad that you guys were here today. It was so great to be with you. Let us just all, me, you, all of us, continue to chase God together. <laughs>